Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Sound tired? I am. Oh, it's <laughs> early. I didn't sleep well. Oh, uh, why? These two furry dicks were just moving around too much. They They're... sleep in the bed? No, but they... Well, the little dude sort of does, but then sometimes he just walks around and his little sharp feet on hardwood floors just oh. sound like, you know, gremlins. That's funny. So, yeah. They're like night owls. Yeah, I don't know what his deal was. But it's it probably was, up writing a novel. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, being yeah. being freaked out about life. Like the rest Day 1004. <laughs> I'm still in this place. <laughs> Man, if he... If, if, if one day I unearthed a manuscript of like a prisoner's log of my pets, it would be... As long as it wasn't so negative... He'd be yeah. like, I've made peace with my captors. <laughs> yeah. The food's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Changed our food today. Yeah. Well, Although these I... dicks got new food last week. And now they're what? Oh. Uh, Even... Cub, the bigger one, gets a prescription food. Now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even the food is prescription I can't now? even order it. I have to order it. They have to send an authorization to the vet. Then it gets sent to me. Jesus. <laughs> it's just asinine. Like, I feel like veterinarians are going to be the new, like, rich fucking... Well, I think... I actually are one of our favorite... doctor to be. Our favorite guest, Leslie Grossman, was telling me how uh, you can't make as much money being a doctor anymore because of just, I don't know what. Because like people are, like, putting off their own doctor needs for their dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so. Because of, I think, that what ha- happening in healthcare, it's just gotten harder to get, like, rich as a doctor. You can, like, do fine. Yeah. But it's not the... Especially the kind of debt you incur becoming one. So not as many people are becoming doctors, I guess. I heard dentists make the most like that. That's like the best. I think the profit highest paying. Yeah, Yeah, which you would never think. Yeah, you'd always assume general practitioner, some kind of doctor, and then like maybe dentist second or like yeah third or something. But I guess that one was first. But I feel like veterinarians got to be like creeping up there. Well, because there's no real health care for it. Yeah, and you, I mean, if you're not a fucking monster, you're going to take care of your dog when he's sick. I spent more money this year on <laughs> the dog than I've ever had on my own health care. It's not even close. Wow. Getting plastic surgery on my face was less money than I spent on the dog this year. And even that, you're like, should I? <laughs> I definitely waffled. I wasn't like, yeah. I wasn't like, I have to get. Leslie had to convince me to get it. Yeah, you're like, scars are cool. Like, yeah, you're talking. To she was like, Kevin, it. you have to get go to a specialist. I was like, ah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll heal, right? The human yeah. body's strong. It'll just like, yeah, yeah. it'll be fine. Like, I, I'm like the two one thousand. Whereas, like, I, it took me one second to say yes to the vet. It was like, it'll be this much. Yeah, and you're like, I'll see you in an hour. They're like, whoa, we don't, we're not to come in tomorrow. No, no, no. I'm, I'm on my way now. It's too late. Yeah, <laughs> like he can hear you knocking on the door on the phone yeah maybe there'll be rich vets i don't know <laughs> yeah i feel like that's the next especially in like the big cities that's a, it's definitely a city yeah. thing although big animal vets are very i think that's a good job yeah shoving your hand in cow's butts oh wow that does not sound like a great job yeah at all that's what the guy um is he the, yeah the guy who played the original charlie and charlie in the chocolate factory he's mm-hmm. a large animal vet Somewhere really? in Canada, somewhere in Canada, the I believe. The kid who, yeah, no way. Yeah, I watched a Where Are They Now. On the- <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, wow, you just like ended up doing that. Like he ran out. Of- he probably had a rough, rough teenage years. I think he did. I don't think he did anything else. They get into the drugs. Also, like that's such a perfect film. 
Yeah. Like, what else were you going to do? Like, yeah. If you're pa- even if you had any kind of agent managers, like, well, we'll wait till something good as that comes along, and then it never did. But then you get older, though, and it's like he would look different as like a yeah. teenager or adult. But maybe, yeah. you know, maybe he was just like, I don't want to be an actor anymore. And he's like thirteen. His parents are like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I think child acting is so weird. The way it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily feels like regular acting. Like you may not connect to it. Yeah, well, think about the shit you thought was the best thing ever when you're a kid. Yeah, you could easily like go from age eleven to sixteen or seventeen, and like you're like, I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, it was the way they. I remember it was explained to me the way they did in, in that movie Uncle Buck. There's this really great scene where like Macaulay Culkin and John Candy are like having like a back and forth, right? And the way they did it was they Macaulay Culkin didn't memorize the lines. The director just set like was off camera and just would say exactly what to have him say. He'd yeah. be like say this, and then he would do it and say this. So it wasn't like that like emotional experience of acting that like. You know, I think you could do it and be successful at it and be like, I didn't really like that that much. Yeah, and, and like kids with fame and all like the artistic side of it, they're not thinking in those There's terms. also no version of being a famous kid where people aren't incredibly mean to you at school or in your life. Like if you're a young, famous person. Unless you were in something that the like, kids all loved. I think even then. You think so? Yeah. Because I remember like when Shia LaBeouf was starting to work, like he was in the Disney... Tremors. Some, no, he's in like this thing called Holes or something. He's in Holes, yeah. And then all the kids thought that was cool. Right. But before that, they were like, you're an actor, whatever. Because like, no one knows what it means. So you're like, yeah. thing I don't know, I'm going to hate it. You know? Yeah. And then they, when they like related it to something that they like were into, they were like, whoa, that's cool, dude. So like, what is that? Do you get to... And they started asking questions. <laughs> like, you're kind of like all right after all. He also was in Even Stevens, which was very popular. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is our first and Shia LaBeouf-based uh, episode. And now he's a total waste of space, apparently. He's having a tough time. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's very talented. Um, so no, he is He is actually talented. That's what's funny. He's a really good actor. But it's like you get it. I think he'll get it together, actually. I hope so. I think he pulls it together by like 30, 35, and then... Isn't he 30 just, now? I don't know. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah, I think he gets it together. Um... So, oh yeah, real quick. This weekend, uh, Philadelphia Helium Comedy Club, Philly, not Philadelphia, Philly, because I'm a local now. <laughs> um, <laughs> been there more than once. Yeah, and I'm heading there now, and I got to fit in. Back right. to my old stopping grounds, Philly. <laughs> yeah, P Town. Do they call it that? They do it. now. I doubt it. They do. PH Town. Nope. No, that sounds like a scientific thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Helium, uh, 18th through the 20th. Uh, if you live there, come to a show, obviously, and let me know where to where to eat coffee and vintage clothing. Um, I was like, eat vintage clothing. <laughs> no, eat comma. Where, where do I eat? Where do I coffee? Where do I vintage clothing? <laughs> um, but if there's vintage clothing that looks like it would taste good, I'll fucking. I bet you there'd be good vintage clothing there. I think so too. On the outskirts of the city. Yeah. I think so too. It's a yeah. big old city, densely populated. There's got to be a few where you're like, this is. And vintage, like, clothing that you wouldn't find on the West Coast. I bet you there are lots and lots and lots of sort of bootleg Rocky shirts. I'll bet, yeah. And Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, probably. Just like a lot of, like, thing, you yeah. know, the kind of shirts that the guys would sell outside of concerts and stuff. And, like, the jackets, the vintage jackets yeah. would be cooler there because it's just like a, a fucking East Coast city with a yeah. real winter. Philadelphia Flyers logo is one, one of the best logos of all time. 
That's a really good logo. So if, you, if I mean, if you can find an old fucking Flyers logo, anything, you're doing yeah. all right. I feel like Steve Byrne would just take it from me. He's a Bruins guy. Is he? Oh, no, uh, sorry, uh, Penguins. Oh, Penguins is what He's it penguins is. Penguins guy. That's right. Yeah. Um, I feel like even then he would say, he'd be like, you don't actually like sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've bought stuff with the Flyers logo on it just because it's... That's yeah, there's some logo. logos that just transcend whatever thing they're representing. Hartford Whalers. Enron. Enron. Great logo. <laughs> the Hartford Whalers logo is amazing. Yeah. It deserves to be a team just to have the logo out there again. Yeah. Flyers. Uh, Red Wings. Oh, yeah. The Red Wing logo. Milwaukee. And Mil- their shoe. It's yeah. like, what a combo. Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers logo. The best sports logo of all time. The yeah. old one. The, the M and the B. The ball and the glove. Mm-hmm. New York Mets logo is great. I yeah. love that logo. There's tons of them. Oh, the oh yeah, yeah. I love a Mets hat. Um, the USSR. Great. Yeah. Great logo. Great logo. What it represented, not so great. Uh, <laughs> logo, pretty cool. I mean, if we're going to go a great logo, bad bad group, Swastika is a banger. Oh, yeah. Best. Yeah. It, is, it is the biggest shame that the Swastika is unusable because it is a wonderful looking logo. Yeah, whoever did the uh, design knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it was his boss, though. Not cool. Oh, he didn't do it. He just tilted it. Well, yeah, but then the colors and oh, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who he worked for, though. Upper management. <sighs> yeah. Not good people. I finally watched the Tower Records documentary and the good. part of where the, the, he, you know, met with some guy and the guy was like, I'm going to draw you my own, uh, a type logo that's going to blow this out. The guy was like, oh, yeah. that shit was hand done. That wasn't a pre-existing font. Yeah. That documentary was great. Yeah, it was really good. I really, really liked yeah. it. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, we Colin Hanks made a documentary on Tower Records. Um, he grew up in the hometown, uh, so it was like, and he's a bit, he's a huge music guy, and he was on the podcast a four thirty eight twenty episodes ago. I don't yeah. know. Look, look up Colin Hanks on the thing, and he talks all about it. It's a great documentary if you haven't seen it. I think it's available um, iTunes and yeah. I don't know that it's on Netflix yet, but it's it, not. I had to, I bought it. Oh, you bought it? Okay, yeah. Um, but it was cheap. Yeah, worth watching if you're a music fan, and then listen to the episode with uh, with him on it in either order. He didn't really give too much away. Um, but so yeah, Philly. If you're if you're there, come to a show, and then Tampa, uh, Florida, 25th through 27th. Um, and I'm not going to New York. Turns out, sorry guys, I was going to go on the 21st through the 24th, and some of you guys were like, where, when. So that can't happen now. I have something here in town. So I'm hoping to go in September um, at some point. So I'll figure that out and then let you guys know when I do. So I'll be at the stand probably a lot and then a few other spots. But I'll I'll detail it all out when I when I know. Um, okay. Speaking of stand-up, that's what this episode's about. Yeah. I realize we've borderline never talked about it yeah it was one of our early rules was like let's not do stand-up centric conversations and episodes there's just like podcasts that do that really well (laughs) already meaning so it's like why be yeah we compete with marin and have comics on and be like you know what i mean yeah um so this one we're basically i guess just gonna go through like here's comics i like we like and it's like uns i kind of think the ones i picked were not un they're not like unknown but now, especially as time goes on, a lot of comics get you just kind of get forgotten. Like you know, mm-hmm. they had successful careers, or they, or they still are out there working. But like you don't, you just don't necessarily hear about them as much because the mechanism needs to keep making new people to 
right. sell things through. And we just like, we forget because we're used to certain people. We're like, they might not n- even have heard of this guy or this girl. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just in our lives, yeah. you know? Yeah, and um, a lot of this generation of comics maybe aren't the raddest at social media. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So it's just harder to track them down. It just wasn't a part of their career, so. Yeah. But they're rad, and they were like a lot of the people I used to watch, I watched growing up. I realized growing up, I mean, all the comedy I saw was like late night comedy. You know, that's yeah. where I learned about every comedian. That's where I learned about what's, you know, comedians, period. Right. Would you just watch TV late at night and comedians would be on. Um, yeah, that's where I, I did it too. It's funny that like we had such limited resources and access to like, how do I find out about stand-ups? It was, you just kind of wait till they stumbled into your life. Yeah, there was the Tonight Show, Letterman. And then there was there was a show I watched on Channel Eleven. I think it was called Comic Strip Live. Oh yeah, I never saw Evening at the Improv. I never saw that show. It was in reruns on like A and E. I remember that was yeah. I was the first I think time I ever saw stand up. Yeah, on anywhere. I think there was a show called Saturday Night Stand Up that was like on after SNL. There might have been. I remember during the. Uh, not firsthand reading about it, but during the comedy boom in the eighties, apparently there were like fifteen shows like mm-hmm. Evening at the Improv that just never got as big. But yeah. they were everywhere. They were all like four or five comics doing and on every channel. Yeah. It's kinda like what's happening again now, but like there were so fucking many. That's why all these like these old road guys that you see sometimes now that are like yeah, man, I just moved back to, you know, Orlando. I'm just, you know, I'm some of the house MC here and do some corporate gigs and stuff. And yeah. So it's hard in LA, man. I had you know at least thirty-five credits on TV, and then I know, and I'm just like some of these guys have a numbers where you're like, why have I never heard of you? Yeah. And then when I le- read that uh, the comedians book, it get, gets into like what things were like during the boom, and you're like, that's why these guys are like, I was on this show three times. I was like yeah. on blah, blah, shows you've never heard of, but like you could get fifteen TV credits doing stand-up, and then it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so sad. Which, I mean, that's kind of how it is now. TV Late yeah. night TV credits don't matter. Yeah, they don't. I mean, people. there's people that have, like, Netflix specials. Yeah. That you're, you're like, who? I watched <laughs> a clip of Gary Goldman last night on Conan. Dude, that was going to be one of the ones I mentioned. Oh, okay. Then I don't want to ruin yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk okay. about it, though. Just fucking great joke writer. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my first dude is, unfortunately, dead. Okay. But early on in the 80s, he was the... F- Probably one of the first comedians I saw whose, like, delivery and cadence was obviously really... It was weird and, like, specific. Uh And he was a good joke writer. But it was like, oh... It was the first time I was like, oh, you can take, like, a regular joke and the way you deliver it is so, like, different and extreme. Like, it makes the laugh way harder. It was a guy named Dennis Wolfberg. Oh, yeah. He was, like, had weird red hair and he could do this thing with his eyeballs... (laughs) Where they would like, right? What's the word? They would like shimmy back and forth. Oh yeah, I don't he know could they... make his pupils like go brrr, like they would vibrate back and forth during delivery, and he would like kind of force a yell. He'd be like, and he would say it, and his eyeballs would literally like wiggle, like 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 I dream of Jeannie's nose. Oh wow! Like, <laughs> it was fucking it was like weird. Those little bobbleheads on yeah. like on the cars. His like, the two eyes pupils and... would would wiggle back and forth while he screamed or yelled a, a delivery. Like, he had a joke about just how ridiculous the notion of getting a suntan is. 
about how you lay in the sun until your skin cooks. And he'd be like, and he would like force the ending. He'd be like, until you start baking, and then his fucking eyeballs would go like back and forth. So I'm looking online right now. There's a bunch, not a bunch, bunch, but there's at least eight. T- ten videos of his stand-up? I think he did a lot of, like, tonight, like, you know, actual late-night sets. Yeah, That's yeah. where I would have seen him. He was famous. And he I had remember, a one-night stand. Yeah, I remember him winning, like, stand-up of the year one year for, like, all cable TV or some shit. He had an evening at the Improv and, like, a few... Yeah, so there's at least, like, ten videos you can... But, yeah, yeah he's one of those names that you would hear... Uh, older comics either talk about or just like when you're first starting stand-up you just you nerd out so hard and you like yeah. I gotta find everybody and if some guy that like is 20 years into the game goes oh this was a great guy back in my day you're yeah. like let's figure him out but yeah he was one of those dudes He, I remember bringing him up I had a boss who her, her stepdad is Mark Lano so she'd been hanging mm. out the improv for decades and knew everybody yeah. like you didn't you can mention a name and she was like, who did you like growing up? And I was like, I really like Dennis Wolfberg. She was like, holy shit. Yeah, she was like, how the fuck do you even know? She was like, I love that you loved Dennis Wolfberg. I'm like, yeah, that guy was fucking dope. Was a school teacher before launching a comedy career in 1979. He died in 94. Yeah, I think he had cancer. That sucks. Had three sons. Yeah. Died of melanoma. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you just mentioned a fucking uh, uh, suntan bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He probably was, de- you know, he probably had reoccurring skin cancer. He was a redhead, and it was probably a thing he dealt with all the time, and he just thought about the ridiculousness of being out in the sun. Oh, what a bummer. At the time of his death, he was negotiating a deal for a, for a TV, his own TV show. Of course he was. Yeah. Every every comedian death, there's no... Com- it's com- like right when they're about to yeah. <laughs> explode. Yeah. yeah. Bill Hicks, same thing. I remember when Freddie Soto died at his funeral, one of the guys was like, yeah, I was about to call him to tell him he got this movie. <laughs> it's just like the worst. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that sucks. My first one is Freddie Soto. Oh, rad. Yeah. Um, he, because this one, like, I think his birthday or his, like, death anniversary, one of those two just came up. Uh-huh. And I think... the I did this last year, too. I keep reposting this bit of his... That is so fucking funny. So Freddie Soto was like, he was like a, he started at the comedy store and then was, he had like a half hour special, mm-hmm. handful of like late night appearances and stuff. And he was like this super charismatic, like Latino comic who like talked about his dad yeah. and then, you know, other stuff, but like his kind of the theme, he didn't always go like Mexicans always blank. Yeah. He did some of that. But he had his, his his character of his dad that was so well worked Ugh, out. It and was perfect. so funny. But like he was one of those dudes that was like you'd watch him and you go, This guy's going to explode. Yeah. He's gonna be so big, household name, so charming, yeah. so funny, so likable in every way. Uh then died in two thousand five. Um That was a big death at the comedy store. Because he was like he was like you know, uh, the the uncle of the comedy. He story. was the most inclusive dude. Dude, he would show up and be like, "Oh, Freddie's here!" It was, yeah. You'd see his car pull in, and you're like, "Oh, cool!" Yeah. And he would just hang out and hold court and tell stories, and he was great at fucking with people. Yeah. He was just the nicest dude, and um, yeah, it, it hit comedy pretty 
pretty hard. I mean, he wasn't like a national guy, but in L.A., people were like, oh, man. And especially yeah. at the comedy store where that was like his home. But he was one of those dudes you would watch and be like, I, I want to be good like that one day. Where it yeah. looks so effortless. I told some story or wrote something about him somewhere um, when I posted that video of like a specific night I remember like being in the OR watching him go up in front of like 15 people. Mm-hmm. He goes on stage and he like just kind of mentioned one or two things about his day sort of in a funny way. And, and it was late at night and comics kind of weren't doing that great. And it might have been like a potluck night, so it was pop-ins. You That's know. where I always saw him. He would come yeah. in on Sundays. So regulars were working out stuff. And you wouldn't always see the biggest names, like that, the, the, yeah. the, the great guys or whatever. So he comes in, he goes on, he's on for like a couple minutes, and he's, he lights a cigarette, and he's kind of talking. And then the next thing you know, he's kind of like in a bit, and he's doing it, and he's getting some laughs. But none of it feels forced. Yeah. It just, it's the natural flow of things. Like he didn't walk in and try and take over the room. He yeah. was just like... Like you would in any conversation. You wouldn't walk in and be like, hey, guys, I did this earlier. Yeah. You just feel it out, see what's happening, and the next thing you know, you're in control, and you're f- and seven, eight minutes later, he's killing. Yeah. Everyone's fucking loving it, and you don't even remember how he got to where he was. Like, yeah. how were you, a few minutes in, you were like, is this going to go well? What's it, where's he going? And the next thing you know, he's like in the middle of a bit about his dad or something, and you're just dying and you love it. And then he's like, oh, I got to go. And you're like, oh, man, come on, stay up longer. He was like, he was that guy. And I mean, had he had a fucking another few years, like he would be, a, we wouldn't be mentioning him right now. I was like, oh, I wish everyone would the know. Because you would just know. The timing of him being at the store is like one of those unlucky things where if he had yeah. been there 10 years earlier or five years later, mm-hmm. like he would have had a much more successful just financial existence. Yeah, and who knows if that would have kept him alive or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, he—you could watch him get into a bit he'd done a hundred thousand times, yeah. and it was like, did you write this yesterday, dude? It yeah. seems like you're feeling- or are you ad libbing it, like you couldn't yeah. tell he was he. That's a, uh, a thing the store like used to like really teach comics how to do. Not if the, you would teach yourself there, but like how to be that kind of conversational where yeah. you would be up against like a crowd that's like. Not just ready to fucking hear shit. They watch nine guys already. Yeah, they're everyone punk, crushed. Yeah. They're drunk. They're, they've been kind of laughed out, but not f- really. And he would just get in there and make it feel like it was nine thirty again. Yeah. Or if it was nine thirty, he would you know do that. He was like also he was just cooler to young the newer comics and some of the other dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was he was really nice. Like he'd be nice to you after you. Like he was nice to me after I'd been there like two months. Yeah. Like oh, you're a comic, and you're like I don't really know actually. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, man, you going up? Like talk to you like you were one of the guys. So I, these. I, and yeah. he, I will. I want to see one thing he did to Ari that's nice because it's mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was in the OR on a Sunday, and like he whoever was emceeing, uh, Ari was next. And they were like, this next guy, he's a funny-ass comedian. This guy's like the real deal, on the road all the time. And Ari thinks he's next. And and Don, whoever, just goes, Freddie Soto. And Ari didn't know Freddie was there. And, and Freddie like, pushed Ari out of the way right, right, to right. go on stage before yeah. him. And I think it, at the time, like Ari thought it was funny. But I think it genuinely hurt his feelings for several years. And it made him like That's be like, I need to become. He's like, he. I remember him saying, he was like, Don's right. Freddie's a great comedian. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> he like really bumped him out. That's and it was funny. like this thing he used as like a motivator for a long time. Like, no, you have to become like a great funny comedian. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, like, he... When I think about him, it, like, represented, like, a time in, in that club. And it was also when I was first starting and I was a lot younger. And, like, it just had, like, this family vibe to it. Yeah. You know? They were, like, the older brothers and, like... The, the guys that were coming back, you know, to off the road to kind of come do stuff. But he was just like kind of the older brother figure who was super cool. He, yeah. would, he didn't make you feel like, you don't belong yet, nerd. He was just yeah. like, yeah, man, you're just starting. And he would make you feel better if you were like upset. He was just like life of the party kind of guy. And so funny that like you think like, man, I wish I wish he would have had like a few more years or more people would have known about him at least. Yeah. But like. Luckily, with uh, a simple Google search, you can see kind of like... There's a lot, yeah, probably. Yeah, so it just for all... It's going to be difficult for us to like tell you guys where to go to find this stuff. So like, what I've been doing as we're taught... When he mentioned Dennis Wolfberg, I just went to Google under videos, and then like enough stuff shows up. So like, you guys can just take the journey on your own and figure out how you... Uh, you know, yeah. We're not going to be watch this and that and then this and this order, so... Dennis Wolfberg, um, there's plenty of videos. Freddie Soto as well. Um, there's like enough videos. So just kind of start and and see what you guys think. But like he, and you know, seeing him live obviously was different, but the videos are still good. Like the stand-up's still there. It's like, it's really good. It's really good stand-up. So, um, so yeah, check him out for sure, man, because he went too soon. Yeah. He was just like the, he does represent that perfect time at the store when, yeah. The relationship with the other comics and stuff was all that mattered because there was no one in the audience. Yeah, we had no crowd. No one really had yeah. careers. You couldn't gauge. No one had any careers. It was literally all we had was each other kind yeah. of thing. If someone got on yeah. The Tonight Show, everyone showed up to watch because it was incredibly rare. Yeah. Like, no one had a career yeah. of any kind. And we all hung out together so much. When someone did get one thing, it was like, whoa. Yeah. Instead of like, where's so-and-so been? Yeah, I heard he just did this. Oh, good for him. It's like, the, now it's like a lot of guys like you don't see that much. And yeah. people that kind of come in and you're like, where they come from. And it's all well and good. It's great. But it just, it, that family community vibe is not there anymore. No, there's too many audience members. And there's too many comics and it's just like... It's yeah. different. It's just not. Uh, it's just not the same. It's anymore. a fat. It's just. I don't know. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Um, my next person is a store. I guess kind of a comedy store legend. I never knew her there. She was long gone after. By the time I got there, but again, one of the first people I saw being weird on TV, mm-hmm. and just being like, "That's off." It's Judy Tenuta. Really? Yeah, I loved Judy Tenuta so growing funny. up. Funny. Like the fucking accordion, just yeah. the weird voice and the weird cadence. She was really good at doing late night sets, and I probably watched her on the Tonight Show, mul- you know, multiple times. Remember once she had she was thing? cute too. She was yeah. cute, and she would she would make a noise with the 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 accordion, and she'd set it down on the stool, and she'd be like, "Let me put down my IUD," and she set that her accordion, yeah. and then do some weird song about pigs or something. And it was just fucking weird. And at least to me, as like a 10-year-old, yeah. I was like, who is this lady sort of dressed like Cindy Lauper with like big, weird, curly hair and an accordion? She's still around. Yeah, for sure. She's definitely still around. You could probably go see her in Vegas or somewhere like that now. Judy Tenuta, official website of Comedian Judy. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I loved, whenever I would randomly see her on TV, I was like, yeah, that lady. <laughs> I fucking thought she was so dope. That's so funny. Yeah, I never really like. 
She just wrote a book. Yeah. Wow. Full frontal genudity. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's You're, still kind of cute. I guarantee you, if you went and saw Judy Tenuta now, you would 100% laugh. I would do it. You'd be like, oh, you're fucking funny. I would see her. Yeah. She's one of those, like, a lot of those, Steve Simone calls it, you gotta have, like, do you get an 80s pass? Which is, during any boom, what people got away with and were successful with, was, uh, we're seeing it now with uh, YouTube stars. Yeah. YouTube, Vine, and, um, and Snapchat what's considered comedy and again we talked about it a few weeks ago I've watched a little more of it Vine it's, you mean? no I mean I see it on Instagram so it's the kind of longer format videos oh, you can right. post on Instagram mm. they're so dumb they're so bad yeah they're terrible and I really am trying to find ones that are not bad to be like oh I get it yeah problem there's, is they don't exist there's just nothing it's there all, it's just yeah. it's like oh the formula just is they're really beautiful people, and God bless them for being beautiful. They they work out. That's very hard to stick to. They're in great shape, right. but holy shit, they're all in Studio City shooting videos on the sidewalk that are fucking terrible. The worst. They're just there's no laughs. It's all just facial expressions. It's like bad dis. It's like you took two minutes out of a Disney Channel show from the '90s and took out all the punchlines that were right. written by an actual joke writer. Right, but. The 80s were a bit like that, where you had some people oh, yeah, yeah. who got away with fucking murder and were able to yeah, make They a needed look. to fill stages with people, so they're yeah. like, that guy can talk for 45 minutes? Good no, not even that. 45. It's like, you could, because back then you could make money as a feature. Comedy was so big. So you had people that only needed 12 to 15 minutes of comedy. Yeah. But Judy Tenuta, I think, has an 80s pass for sure, because she was funny. And she was like different and weird, and you know, it, there's no way it was easier to be a female comic then than it is now. It's still annoying for female comics now. Is there like a specific bit people should watch? Is there something you remember where you're like, this video? She had like a song her? about being about. It's like a sex thing about like being a pig or something. Okay. Yeah, anything with a accordion. Watch her Tonight Show sets. Johnny Carson was always like borderline confused by her. There's a, so on her website there's a video uh page and there's a bunch of stuff I guess she's put on there. So like couple TV appearances. I guess she was in some commercials like as herself or something. Oh man, I want to see those. Uh Dr. Pepper, something with Weird Al. Ugh, weird on CBS. Um Yeah, that's one of those ones where you're like, "Oh yeah, like there's like all these like Comics from the 80s where you're like, oh, yeah, they're around. And you never get around to watching this. So that's like one I have to actually sit down. I'm like, I'm going to watch three videos of Judy Tenuta. Judy Tenuta, <laughs> just so I know. Because it's like she survived the 80s and yeah. is still working. There's got to be something. She also was way bigger during the 80s than a lot of other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like she, she was wasn't like just a, part of the group. She was famous. Like a Paula Poundstone level. Yeah. Like she was one of those the names. Well, I remember when I first got the store and, you know, the comedy store van that would go pick up Mitzi. Yeah. There's all these names on the van. And I remember someone was like, Mitzi said, if you're on the van, you're a millionaire. And so I would look at all the names. I'm like, Judy Tenuta's a millionaire? <laughs> if like, you're on the van, you're like, she yeah. was like keeping track. Yeah. Like how like, much money did you make this year? You're going on the van. <laughs> but if you got on the van, that meant you were like, you had made some money. But if you were under a million the next year, did your name get like taken Hard off the van? Wouldn't that Hard be funny? Or if you're on, you're on. Like yeah. that's it. When I remember Argus is on there, I was like, huh. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. 
I could see him having made a lot of fucking money in the 80s and early I 90s. I think if you had... Because everyone says, like, if you got on The Tonight Show once, you could tour for real. He probably was making so much. And he got on The Tonight Show a lot. And Judy Tenuta was, was on The Tonight Show hosting a lot. It. Yeah. So I think on the road, those people made real money back oh, then. Yeah. He had to have made, like... I mean, on a decent year, couple hundred thousand a year. If he in hit the, the road 80s. hard. Yeah. In the 80s, you're making that money. Yeah. Dude, you can see him jogging in Beverly Hills. He obviously lives there. And yeah, he's been sober a long time. Probably saved a lot of that money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one is a comic everyone knows. Um, but some people still, they're just like, they kind of know him now. Like, I have to put my mind in like, what's a younger person know about these comics? Like, yeah. They know the name. They've seen some recent stuff. Um, Norm MacDonald. Dude, is, I was going to put him on too. Yeah. He's my probably ultimately... My favorite comic. Like, when I first started watching stand-up on yeah. TV, I was like, this guy's fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just, like, so funny. So He's so awesome. So, he didn't have a lot of stand-up specials. He had, like, a one-night stand in the 90s and then another special. And then he had a bunch of late-night appearances, yeah. which you can find all online, and they're all so worth watching. All his Conans. Yeah. He's in a ton of those. The one with... Uh, the the just look up um, Norm Macdonald Conan Carrot Top mm-hmm. and he's talking to this girl that used to be on Melrose Place about a movie that she was in with Carrot Top one of the best late night moments <laughs> ever it's so worth watching his appearances on those are great but a lot of people if you're if you weren't watching SNL in the 90s you don't remember him on Weekend Update and few things were funnier than him my, I think update. the best my favorite he was the best one of my, my I think my top SNL moment is his Magic Johnson joke on Weekend Update it's one of the best I don't know if I remember that one. he's talking about when Magic Johnson after he had announced he had HIV he made a comeback in the NBA mm-hmm. and it and there's and during a game so everyone knows he has HIV during a game, he gets so pissed, he pushes the ref, which right. from, is a not very Magic Johnson thing to do. No, not at all. And he gets suspended for like a lot of games. And Norm McDonald goes, he goes, uh, Magic Johnson asked about the moment where he pushed the ref. He said it was the worst thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> and then he stares into the camera for close to 20 seconds, just silently deadpan. Right. He just goes, worst thing that's ever happened to him. And then there's just a pause where the audience slowly, <laughs> slowly gets yeah. it. And it's just this huge laugh. And you're like, you goddamn genius. Yeah. Like he, he holds the look it's so the flawlessly. It, I mean, he's so, his last Letterman appearance is really sweet. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So he he also uh, a couple years ago released uh, an hour long special called me doing stand up and it's fucking awesome yeah like it's basically four bits that are just these long yeah but they're I mean they're just so good he's so good so like he might be the he's like one of the funniest humans ever yeah he really is he's just naturally so funny but what I want to recommend people do if you haven't um, is Google Norm Macdonald Weekend Update compilation, and the first thing that comes up is this basically almost 30-minute supercut of, of mo- I don't know if, if it's all of them, but it's a lot of his Weekend Updates, just back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to yeah. back. And I think it's just audio. Let me double-check. Chevy Chase, 
who invented Weekend Update, essentially, was the first guy, said his favorite Weekend Update host is Norm MacDonald. He said the closest thing I've ever seen to doing it perfectly and what I think it was intended to be is Norm MacDonald. That said, Chevy Chase is a giant asshole. Yeah, but never, never says nice things about He's not unfunny. Uh, he was obviously a funny human being. And But Norm MacDonald's Weekend Update, to me, is what it was like. Week, Norm MacDonald's Weekend Update is the precursor, I think, to Colbert Rapport. Because it yeah. was like... Oh, it's all video. It was like... Norm Norm's Weekend Update wasn't like necessarily a re- realistic like commentary on the news it was it was like slightly off it was like the idea of a fake news yeah. report it was different whereas now we can update like a late night monologue fake news yeah it was yeah. fake news i'm norm mcdonald and now the fake news yeah and he got he got fired for making too many oj jokes because the owner of the parent GECO was friends with oj which is such bullshit Right after the OJ verdict. And now the fake news. Well, it is finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> like the week the OJ trial ended. It's and he a, got fired for that shit. Yeah, because he just wouldn't stop. But it was like a picture of OJ kind of smiling. It's legal. Murder is... No, it's official. Murder <laughs> is legal in the state of California. When he said that, I just... I my jaw dropped and I laughed and I was like, "That's just perfect." It's a perfect. His jokes are were Dude, perfect. I mean the like the delivery, all that. So, I mean, it was just like he turned it into an art form. But him and Jim Downey were like the main guys writing th- those updates. Okay. Yeah, and and they, he he talked about it in an interview, Jim Downey. But he was like, he's one of the best writers SNL's ever had. Uh, did a lot of like the political stuff and and all that. But so they worked together largely on it. But this is like a compilation of, I think, all of them. But man, I mean, there are a few things funnier than watching that dude do Weekend Update. When he got fired, I literally stopped watching Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I don't think I've watched... And that was in 98. Yeah. I haven't watched a full Saturday Night Live since. Just because I was like, I don't fucking... That's the only reason I watched it then. I bet you Lauren Michaels looks back on that decision as like, I was a pussy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, I mean... I mean, when they did the anniversary show, Norm was like one of the spearhead head writers. Yeah, yeah. Of it. Yeah, he's he's, he's the weirdest, funniest dude. I mean, he's a genius. The Bob Saget roast is one of the best. Yeah, things. the way he handled that was awesome. I mean, it's just like if you just YouTube Norm Macdonald, you're three hours later, you're gonna go fuck. What happened at the time? Yeah, because the there's guy, so much. The guy's so special. I lo- I love him. I love him. He's 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 one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, get into a YouTube fucking. Um, we've K-hole. mentioned this dude I think before on the podcast, but to me he's like, if you want to talk like unsung heroes, who's the funniest? He's like the logo of the NBA. He's like the NBA logo of comics, mm-hmm. who deserve to be household names and artists. Brian Regan. Oh, Brian Regan's great. Brian Regan. Yeah, Brian Regan is one of the best comedians of all time. Yeah. He's, and one of the nicest people in the world. No he, one said a bad thing about that guy, and he's nope. been doing comedy for 30 years. His comedy is bone clean. He can yeah. do 11 hours <laughs> of, of bone clean, clean comedy that will make you laugh harder than the dirtiest joke you've ever heard. Yeah. He is a juggernaut. Yeah. He's one of the best joke writers 
of all time. Mm-hmm. His deli- and, and that combined with like a cadence and a delivery ability and a performance ability like you've seen. I, I honestly think Will Ferrell was hugely influenced by oh, yeah, Brian yeah. Regan. For sure. He would have been seeing him on TV at about the time he was like in college and shit. 58 years old right now. The guy is a fucking genius. He's just one of the best comics ever. Yeah, he's very funny. He's got three, six full albums. Yeah. He's so clean and so polished and so respected that last year he did a, a, a one-hour comedy special that was taped live. Like, I mean, who trusts any comedian to be like, we're, we're going to air this yeah. live? As it happens. No, I'm sorry. I said taped. Aired live. It aired live. Which is like, that's how clean yeah. and, and respected that dude is. We're like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then they worked and everyone loved it. Um, start from the beginning, I would say. Brian Regan Live came out in 97. Um, and weird, the next one is like, not until 2004. But I guess back then, it's like no one was doing yeah, our it wasn't year. Like he that. was just like, I'm working the fucking road. And, um, I've paid to see him. He's one of the few comics I've paid to see. I've paid to see him at the Will Turn. Yeah, and he he walked out on stage and he goes huge applause, never ending applause. Because and also tons of uh, devout Christians in the audience. Oh, I yeah. saw lots of Promise Keeper T shirts and stuff. Yeah, and uh, huge applause. And then he goes, uh, "Hey everybody, thanks for coming. I'm glad to be here." He goes, "I'm just uh, going through life, trying not to look like an idiot." Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "You summed up an entire stand-up special in f- two seconds." Yeah, you're better than me forever. He's great. He is so funny. You will laugh till you shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just love him. I, I used to, I mean, I used to watch him on, he was on TV a lot when I was growing yeah. up. Like the, the first bit I ever remember from him is about his eye doctor suggesting trifocals. Right. Which it turns out Al Madrigal goes to that eye doctor. The eye doctor is the an eye doctor. same one? Yeah. And uh, Al went to him and the guy goes, you, uh, what are you doing? He's like, I mean, he's like, uh, you know, Brian Ring? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know Brian Ring. He's like, you know his eye doctor bit? And he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm his eye doctor. No, and we're like, shut up. Really, no, you're not. That's really funny. Because <laughs> I guess his eye doctor is above like Dave Becky's audience uh, office or some uh, shit right. or wherever his management company was. Yeah, that's one another like classic stand up dude that's like he's been around forever. Everyone loves and respects him. He's still around now. He's hugely successful. Yeah. Like Brian Regan is a millionaire. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does nothing but sell out everywhere he goes. Yeah. But as far as just like you will mention him to people that say they love stand up like normal people mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't really know him. You're like, dude. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, he's very he's he's very good. He's definitely one to like like play around with. We're like, oh, I haven't just like jump around, listen to some bits like he's he's really good. Yeah, he's really oh, good. God, Brian Regan. Um, I want to do. Let's see. Um. I don't want to get too into like because I wanted to mention Gary because what I wanted to do is mention like a couple of guys where like, these guys are around now and yeah you like, can go see them now yeah they're coming up and they're like they're funny and here's like a specific bit or something that you should like watch of them but Gary Gullman was one and this was like he's always been really funny he's like a really good joke writer but like for like the last few years he's like really hit, hit like a stride in a way but you can find a lot of his stuff online. He's like a New York-based dude. Yeah. So funny. Super sarcastic. I love the sarcasm. Um, I like He writes jokes about things that are like... He writes e- jokes about everyday things that other comics aren't writing about. 
Yeah, but he also just does it in like a... It's like very the, detailed. Yeah, it's very detailed, but he's almost just like... He sort of has a smarmy kind of attitude about the things he's making fun yeah. of, which is kind of like... It makes it a little different. Because a like joke about like simple little life observations, like a Brian Regan or a Jerry Seinfeld, but he's a little more sarcastic and kind of a little bit of a dick about it. A little more edge, yeah. I fucking... I love that. That's, but, I mean, I think one of his truly beautiful bits is just about cookies. Yeah. He has like a 10-minute bit... Yeah. About all the different cookies mm-hmm. and why they are and, and what they are and how if they're ridiculous. He's like, <laughs> he has a whole thing. He's like he's like Hydrox. He's like oh the the, the Oreos marketed specifically at Orthodox Jews. He goes there's a good, he goes yeah. there's a good group fifteen and a dwindling. <laughs> right, like, right. He, it's so good. He goes sugar cookies bold. He goes isn't every cookie a sugar cookie? If it doesn't have sugar in it, it's a fucking cracker. Right, right. Yeah. And the bit just goes on and on and on about every cookie you've ever thought of. Yeah. And it's just and you're laughing so hard because you're like oh my god you're right. Yeah. He's he's really fun. He's he's a really Really good joke writer. He like a joke writer, and also like he's he's just good at like taking an idea and turning it into a well thought out bit. Like he goes after every angle. But like in the last few years, I feel like he's just like he's hitting this stride. He's always been so funny to me. But like he just did this Conan appearance like within a month ago. Yeah, uh, I saw uh, it on Facebook or something. And just July thirteenth, it. it says. So this is fresh. Yeah. And man, it's it's literally about. Him, well, I'm going to start it and then because this is what it's about. Thanks very much. I just wanted to uh, recommend a documentary to everyone and then, and then I'm going to go. Um, <laughs> That's funny. It's about, the, uh, it's about the men and one woman who abbreviated all 50 states down to two letters. All you, all you have to know for this is that we have 50. So that's that's the premise. Yeah. And he, he literally talks about that. It's six minutes long. Yeah. And it's just so funny. And it's like something you don't ever see done with a late night TV no. set. Which Every, I love. If you guys don't know this, when you late night sets, Conan specifically, yeah. they don't want you to do a long bit. They want you to do like six short ones. Yeah, all like of them. Four. All those late night shit. They're yeah. like... Do, or if you're gonna do one long one, it's got it's got to be something like that. But yeah. they want like up 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 because yeah. it's just that TV attention. Span. And if you don't, because they worry that if you don't get them with the premise, you're now stuck for four minutes of yeah. them not liking it. But yeah, yeah, the bit is about abbreviating the states, and man, it yeah. is funny as shit. It's so good, and yeah, it, it kind of encapsulates everything that he his, his style and his and how good his writing is, but. It's it's six minutes of your life, guys. Just sit down. He's when really you can good and laugh your ass off. It's he's, so funny. he's like Gaffigan, where he gets mm-hmm. inside an idea and mines the whole thing out. Yeah, to where you're like, I never even thought about the parts of that experience. Yeah, and and the next thing you know, you're like, I've been listening to something about abbreviating states for six long minutes. <laughs> yeah, I actually want to watch the documentary now. Yeah, I'm definitely. I was like, I, I'd watch the shit out of yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see it. Yeah, but it's a fucking funny bit. And then when you like that, just like fuck around and watch his other stuff. No, it's nice to see a comedian really where good. with bits like that, you're like, that was work. You see the work. You're oh like, yeah, yeah. You didn't come up with that fast. Yeah. Like that. That took a month of writing and working on it. And there's. I, can you imagine the parts of that bit that didn't make the cut? Mm-hmm. I mean, it must go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's like. He's if, one of those guys too. That's like he's. He's been around a while and he's really funny. And you're just like, why isn't? Sometimes you look at guys. You're like, why aren't they bigger? 
Yeah. Weren't they more? But he's like, you know, continuously kind of like taking steps up and up and up and up. Um, but that bit, fucking great. Yeah. Fucking great. That's Ke- a good one. He's Gary a good one. Gullman. G-U-L-M-A-N, by the way, is how you spell it. Um, this next guy is really famous. Mm-hmm. But he's not famous for his stand-up. Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love Bill Cosby. Yeah, a lot of us I did. I love the Cosby show. A lot of us did. That's yeah, a rough one. And it sucks. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? I'm not going to do this guy because he is too famous. Okay. Wendy Liebman. Oh, yeah. She's funny. I just ran into her at the comedy store. Uh-huh. I hadn't. I haven't seen her in person ever. I've never met her. But I, I, maybe four years ago, one day I opened up my Twitter, one of the 1,500 times a day I do it. Yeah. And it said, following you, Wendy Liebman. Yeah, me too. I, had the, I was like... <gasps> and I was like... <gasps> and I yeah. direct messaged her, because I had already been following her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you the real Wendy Liebman? <laughs> and she was like, uh, yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, this is sort of a big deal. Right. I fucking think you're the best. Yeah, she's really funny. She, to me, was the first person... Uh, who it was the first time I saw someone smile while being incredibly sarcastic? Right on TV, her I, I remember just because she her delivery she always she has a very big smile, and oh, yeah. she always would as she said a sarcastic punchline, mm-hmm. she would smile through it, and I was like, oh, that makes it way better. She has tons of jokes about, like, relationships and husbands and stuff like that. Like, I think that was kind of her main thing in the 80s. But, man, a very clever, very skilled joke writer. Follow her on Twitter. You'll see she writes very, like, and also she's been, like, in, as we've seen kind of the rise of female comedy in the last 10 years, constantly she's, like, people are saying, oh, that's a Wendy Liebman joke. Like, all these new stand-ups are like, oh, you stole that. It's because she has covered... So many subjects so well. You know whose whose style is hugely influenced by her is Amy Schumer. Her delivery. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wendy Lehman did this before anyone else really, like, popularized it. Like, like delivering the punchline and then having an aside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but just skill. Like something like, a, you know, mutter something, muttered a punchline under yeah. her breath. That kind of, like... Yeah, her punchlines uh, weren't heavy. They were almost the softest yeah. part of the joke. And it was so it gave, it was like a sneak attack, yeah. And you were like, "Oh my god, you cri- you tricked me!" Like she tricked you, it, it, like that early her punchlines. I I almost think Jezelnik in a weird way is is similar, and it's the punchline that's not even it, you in no way see it coming, right? Like she just pull she pulls you into a completely other area with that. And I've always been just a huge fan of her, just her because de- her delivery was so unforced. It was just this kind of like. It's state, but it, so you're constantly being surprised just by the words. Here's her on Letterman. Oh shit! Okay. 
Uh, yeah, that was uh, from uh, 2008, I guess, her on Letterman. She, I um, think she was just on a late night show. But she, I was talking to Adam about her, Adam, the talent booker at the comedy store, one of the worst people in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, you got to get Wendy Lee in here. He's like, no, I love her. But she, you know, she's, I think she's on the road a lot or whatever. Yeah. But like, I, just seeing her at the comedy store, I was like, yes. Yes, bring Wendy Liebman to yeah, the comedy she's, store. She's really funny. I love, I mean, that to me, like, I, I maybe last year, I got to bring up Elaine Boozler. Oh, yeah, you told me that. And I was fucking stoked. Like, it was like, these are the people that you saw on TV that were like, you're like, maybe I think like those people. Um, yeah, she's on Twitter. You can follow her. She tours, I think, a fair amount. So you can see her around. And she also, I, I know she has like her own show here in LA once a month. At some place in Studio City. I didn't know that. So you can like go see Wendy Liebman whenever you want. But yeah, just like a, a super skilled comedian. I mean, that's you know, it sounds it's so like everyone says this stuff, especially older people. But comedians like don't get worse until they're really, really old. They stay pretty good until they're like yeah. seventy five years old and their brain actually starts to like degenerate. Yeah. But it's just T V doesn't like them. Because our faces <laughs> right. are getting uglier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so... Like, get a younger person in here. So you have to go look for them yourself because TV is like, we... Well, we think she's great. Does she want to be the showrunner? Like, no. It's like they don't yeah. want to put older people's faces on TV because they don't like our faces as much, which is fair. That's fine. Yeah. But they're still really, really funny people. And if you just want to, like, find someone who makes you laugh... There's all these people that are out there being that are still hilarious. George Wallace is funnier than most people on the planet tomorrow. Yeah, George Wallace is just fun. And it's like, these guys that have been doing it so long, it's just so effortless looking. You're yeah. just like, dude, how do you... Also, George Wallace hammered Scott Baio last week. <laughs> on Twitter, Scott Baio yeah. made the mistake of trying to reply yeah. funny things at George Wallace Fuck with and George got Wallace. his dumb ass handed to him. It was yeah. wonderful. Okay, so this is my last one. Okay. Um, we can do another one of these too. I feel like there's so much yeah. more to cover, like in a couple months or whatever. Um, this one, this guy is fucking hilarious. He's like uh, uh, up and coming now. Like people are knowing him more and more and more. Um, so if you already do, sorry, but if you don't, definitely watch Rory Scovel. Oh, um, and it's he's one of those guys where you're like we all know him because we do comedy, yeah. but you're like a lot of people still don't. No man. Um, but they're I feel like they're gonna man. He's so so creative, fucking funny to me. I love watching him. Yeah. Super nice guy, big Tool fan. Oh good. Which immediately I was like, oh he's he's immediately awesome. I've heard he's good at tennis. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. But he has a baby now, so he yeah, no, no tennis. Um, so he's. He's great to watch live because he loves to like improv and fuck around. Like mm-hmm. no sets kind of really similar, no bits similar, you know. Large, I guess they are. I've seen like the same ones a couple times, but he loves to just mess around. Um and he has a couple of Conan sets where he, that he does with John Doerr, mm-hmm. another really funny comic that are I can't even describe them to you because you're gonna be like I don't even know why is that funny. You just have to watch them because they're just very conceptual and like it's still stand up, but not. It's fucking great. So Google Rory R O R Y Scovel is spelled S C O V E L. Uh, Rory Scovel stand up and John Doerr on Conan, and man, they're fucking funny. One of his Conan they're sets, so funny. he goes out as a character, like a southern guy. Yeah, he does that. And it was one of my favorite things in the world because he walks out on stage. Conan has a reputation as being 
a place where you're happy to get a late night set, but then you go kind of bomb. It's just, uh, you hear a lot of comics be like, yeah, it went okay. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know why it, it's a lot of comics like say that it didn't feel ideal, but Scoville goes out on stage and he goes, you guys got to give me a minute. I don't usually do this kind of thing, you know, but, uh, <laughs> right. let's get into some zizzle zazzles. <laughs> he called his joke zizzle zazzles. Yeah. yeah. He's just like a little, <laughs> he's just a little like, he's absurd and just silly and weird, but it's man, he, he, he comes up with some great bits and the stuff he does with John Doerr on Conan. John Doerr like, is fucking funny. He really is. But those two bits, if you have not watched them, there's just so much stand-up out there now. Uh, if you haven't seen them, they're worth going back to watch because it's not like uh, late-night stand-up sets that you'd see. Like one... I'll just give you this. One is John Doerr and him doing stand-up at the same time. Great. That's all you need to know. And it, you're just like, how is that pot? It's fucking hilarious. He he would do the, He did this thing on our show in Santa Monica once where he would have a pocket full of dimes. Yeah. And for people that he thought laughed at the joke really well, he'd just throw a dime at him. That's he'd be funny. like, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. throw a fucking yeah, just weird, dime. Just weird shit like that. And that's yeah. what's like great ultimately about... He's a giggle pants. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a silly dude. That's what's great about stand-up because it's like you aren't ever going to see that kind of stuff really on TV. Like the weird things, like the yeah. ad-lib stuff, crowd work, throwing dimes at people. That's only live stand-up. So like when you watch it on TV, it's like this condensed, cleaned up, you know, like shiny version of it. That's a lot of times good, but he found a way with John to do the weird stuff. Yeah. And a couple of his late night stuff. And he does it even in his end. Like, he'll be like, this set I'm doing is with a guy with a southern accent. Yeah. Just because, fuck it. It's cool that Conan is a place that allows that to happen still on He TV. did a set once, like, with a German accent. Like, mm-hmm. he started, I think, a few minutes into a bit on some Comedy Central thing. Where, like, he's just, like, he's a risk taker. And he's fucking funny. And he's yeah. one of those guys. I think he, he has a new special that came out on CISO. And I think now you can like buy it off his website or wherever. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm sure it's hilarious because he's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, he's one of those dudes. In five years, I feel like everyone's gonna know who he is. Yeah. Uh, my last one is a, is a little strange, mm-hmm. but I respect this dude, and I think he gets pushed into a really tight little box because of what he does. But growing up, it was funny as shit to me, and I recently saw like. Not like a recent clip of him doing something, but he did this thing on Late Night. It's uh, Michael Winslow from Police Academy. He still does stand-up? He still, yeah. But he was on like The Tonight what? Show, and he did... Look up look up Michael Winslow, Led Zeppelin. He does... like He impersonates Led Zeppelin songs, <laughs> and they are dead funny. on. They're fucking fantastic. And sound effects comedy, there's no way that shit's easy. Although real fast, we should point out someone else is playing guitar. Yeah, he's, he's not guitar. doing the guitar sound. <laughs> so there's a guy playing guitar, and I get he's going to be doing all the other yeah. sounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. 
<laughs> that distortion is yeah. him. Yeah. And this that's incredible. Yeah. It's not it's like it's not really comedy necessarily or whatever it is, but he rules at it and he still rules at it. What the fuck? A, he's great in Police Academy. Oh, yeah. Police no. Academies are great. Yeah, he's super funny, and his voice skills are, like, yeah. otherworldly, where you're like, how are yeah. you? You're not a human. How yeah. are you doing this? Michael Winslow, man. Wow. So that's another one I'm going to sit and just YouTube, like, Michael Winslow voice songs. Also, there's no way he figured that out in, like, uh, like 20 minutes in his car. That takes work. <laughs> Who the fuck covers Led Zeppelin with their voice? <laughs> no, it's like, great. The, the, uh, that's... That's nuts. Michael Winslow's is shit. <laughs> I, I, like, I would love it. I would love it if like people like Rory Scovel did stuff with Michael Winslow. Oh, what? Yeah, they would just like, like, like what an untapped resource for sure. That's what I'm saying. And also, you know, uh, there are so many people like Michael Winslow is like the perfect age group in Santa Monica. Once a month, Dana Carvey does a show. Dana Carvey is one of the funniest humans of all time. And he's just out there being hilarious. Yeah. And like he's obviously still really famous, but like you don't get you don't hear him talked about it enough. These people's brains are magnificent. They should Damn. be. There's a lot of Michael Winslow stuff too. Yeah. Um, that's good. And then okay. So yeah, that's like I mean that's enough if you're gonna sit there and get started with yeah. like stand up. You haven't heard. That's plenty of shit <laughs> um, for like one person. Um. I wanted to mention, I wanted to include him too, but like, um, he's, he's like more and more people know him now, but like he, uh, John Mulaney is, I think one of the funniest working comics today. One of the best joke writers of the last yeah. like 25 years. He's like, he's just a classic stand up. Yeah. Like he's just like, he's just, he's just really good. Um, but he has a new Netflix special. If you're looking for a new special to watch by a comedian, hands down, that's the one. This that guy's jokes are perfect. Yeah. That's the one. If you're going to sit down and watch a Netflix special right now, he wrote a ton uh, for week. He wrote for Weekend Update for a really long time. Wrote for SNL. Uh-huh. He wrote a lot of the best jokes of the uh, Seth Meyers uh-huh. uh, 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 White House Correspondence Dinner. He wrote, I believe, he wrote this joke. Where Seth goes, yeah, Donald Trump. We're really, we're all surprised you're running as a Republican. We all thought you're running as a joke. <laughs> that's good and that that's one like good. genuinely hurt Trump's feelings some yeah. cited as the reason he's running for president again <laughs> right. like Mulaney is is you don't get it a lot better than that dude yeah he's, uh, he's and he's great. tours all the time so you can go see him like you know you can go see him in your town yeah and he does like a lot he lives in LA now so he's always doing like spots around town yeah um, if you're a big comedy nerd and none of this is like uh, you know uh, new to you like then congratulations you know your comedy like <laughs> really great job yeah. <laughs> but um, you know we're we're banking on some of you guys being like I've heard that name never done it but these are guys that are fucking awesome from then up to now I'm glad we did like you happen to do a lot of older guys and I did some newer ones so yeah. it was a good, like, good balance but um yeah, we'll do another one of these, I guess, in like a couple months with like uh, with other stuff. And let us know what you think too. Like, if this was was a lot of new information, or like if it was easy to like find shit. Um, yeah, and then we'll go from there for the next one. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Our first episode where we acknowledge stand up directly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.